Luke 5.27 And after these things he went forth and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting in the tax office and he said unto him, Follow me. And he left all, rose up and followed him. And Levi made him a great feast in his own house. And there was a great company of tax collectors and of others that sat down with them. But the Pharisees and their scribes murmured against his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered and said unto them, They that are well have no need of a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Father, thank you for the calling. Thank you for your peace that passeth all understanding. Bless this word of, the, of your holy word tonight. And Lord, we thank you for Matthew who chose to follow you because you called him in Jesus' name. Amen. Of course, Matthew wrote the first gospel uh, in the New Testament named after him. Um, he was one of the Lord's disciples uh, that the Lord saw a need and he knew that uh, Matthew could feel that need and so he called him to be one of his followers. Uh, Matthew simply means a gift of God. And when we think about Matthew and his saved life uh, from a life of sin, uh, Matthew is where we find the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19, and 20. The Great Commission is the only place it's recorded there. And we also know that the, there's a Sermon on the Mount there. The Beatitudes are recorded in Matthew. And the, uh, the Lord's Prayer is there. And there's lessons on giving. And there's lessons on for, for giving also. And many parables and many miracles are recorded uh, by this great writer that we call Matthew. Well, let's look at his life before, uh, before Jesus uh, called him. On the religious side, I didn't say the Christian side, on the religious side. Early in his life, it was filled with religion. Um, he was named after the tribe of Levi. So he had a, he had a great upbringing. And in getting involved in, in, in doing good, the things that he did, even today. If Matthew were living today, he is this kind of person. He'd be, he would be at worship service in the morning and worship service in the evening. He'd meet all the committee meetings. He'd be willing to take up offerings, sing in the choir. And even on Wednesday night, you would see him sitting there. You could count on him. But as he grew older, historians tell us he became sick of the whole mess. In fact, he was so loaded with doing things that he thought was right, he became overloading. And so he wanted to free himself of all the religious responsibilities. So he chose to leave the religious side and go to the wealthy side. Good times cost money. I don't have to tell you that. And money comes by working or by cheating. Matthew fell into this trap. And so Matthew's day was in the, in the day of Rome because they were the dominant power over the people. And seeing that, they needed tax collectors. Matthew applied and got the job. There he sat. Now we move from his religious side to his wealthy side to his sinful side. He knew right from wrong. Just like us as adults, we know right from wrong. But sometimes we choose the wrong side, hoping no one will find out. But hey, let me tell you something. The conviction of the Holy Spirit. So we see Matthew uh, sitting on the wrong side. 
He changed a few of the records along the way. And he overcharged some of the wealthy Jews. He said they won't miss it anyway. And then he began to give back as a way of saying, hey, I'll make it all right. I'll take from these and give it back. But then we see him, he comes there uh, to some of the poor that approached him. He would fudge, cheat, lie on the record, saying yes, they gave when they didn't. He had a good heart, but it was in, in it was located in the wrong place. So we think about Matthew, the life before we met Jesus, that's kind of life he lived, a religious side, a wealthy side, and a sinful side. But we also see, G, see uh, Matthew when he uh, met Jesus, and there's five words that describe him. And those words are unhappy, guilty, afraid, frustrated, and then we see the encounter. First of all, we look at the unhappy side. His first step toward God started when he reached the top of his profession. He could go no further. In fact, he was so good at what he did, soon he received the best tax station in Palestine because he was that good. The crossroads of the ancient world near the Sea of Galilee. That's where you would find old Matthew sitting there doing his job. And I thought about this. You know, money uh, is not everything. And somebody said, well, it's far ahead of whatever's in second place. You know, it, we, we have to have it. I mean, we can't go anywhere without it. But I'll tell you something. Uh, money can't buy uh, this. It can buy a bed, but it can't buy sleep. Money can buy books, but it can't buy education. Money can buy food, but it can't satisfy the appetite. Money can buy finery but it cannot buy beauty. Money can buy a house, but it can't buy a home. Money can buy medicine, but it can't buy a cure. It can't buy health. Money can buy praise, but it does not last with friends when we think about the prodigal son who had everything and lost it all. Money can buy amusement, but it can't buy happiness. We see Matthew very unhappy. He had everything, but he wasn't happy. He wasn't satisfied. We move from there to the guilty side. You see, God has a way of hemming us up. And we think of the guilty side. Uh, for a while, he justified what he was doing. You know, you can justify anything. The devil can get you to figure it out. Well, hey, what you're doing is okay. In fact, it's nobody's business but yours. And that's the wrong side of the way to think about it. You see, uh, the business world, a lot of times the business world uh, uh, is unquestionable. You see people who are really high up in an office maybe making mega bucks and you wonder, man, how come I can't get there? Well, if you knew how they got there, you may not want to get there. Well, deep in his heart, Matthew knew what he was doing was wrong. But he just seemed to couldn't bring himself to convince himself otherwise. So he continued. He became afraid. He became afraid of what people might say if they found out. About this time, his fear set in. Death stalked his land. People were dying, never getting away from, from the belief that he believed that there was life after death. And in believing life after death, he knew that 
he would stand before an almighty God and give an account of his life. And he became more afraid because he knew standing before God would either declare him to go to heaven or to go to hell. Sometimes people don't think that far in advance. We might say, well, I'm as good as so-and-so. In fact, I go to church. They don't. I give. They don't, they don't give. Or they might give to some charity organization, but hey, I give. I'm as good as they are. You know, excuses will come up. Things are always cropping up. The, the devil sees to it. Hey, what you're doing is okay. It's nobody's business. You keep on doing it. You're thriving. You're prospering. But how are you getting it? We get it from time and we can't keep it. Then we see his frustration. Matthew became so overloaded that he just simply dropped by the wayside, quit praying. The Pharisees knew what he was and they forbid him to come to the synagogue. He was grasping, he was searching. In fact, the Pharisees, according to Matthew, had so many rules he couldn't keep them. So he fell worse. He fell lower and lower. And when he's about to probably end it all, Bible don't say this, okay? But about when he's probably about to end it all, he meets somebody he's really never personally met. He's heard about. So we see his encounter here. Guilt and despair was about to take him over. And he heard this stranger say, hey, Matt, won't you follow me? You've tried everything. You've done everything. You've had everything. You've been to the top. But it really wasn't the top. Why don't you come and follow me? And in the scripture there, in uh, verse 27, that's all Jesus said to him. Follow me. Now Jesus knew him. He knew where he'd been, what he'd been up against. And Matthew had heard about Jesus and probably saw him do many things. But here he comes with a personal encounter. In fact, Jesus and Levi had the same, had things in common. Pharisees didn't like Jesus, and they sure didn't like Levi. <laughs> they didn't like what he was doing. So we say uh, he had a lot in common like Jesus. And then it happened. Jesus looked at Levi. He knew his heart. You see, he looks at us tonight. He knows our heart. He knows our motive. He knows the reason about what we do and why we do. You see, you don't, you don't have to explain anything to Jesus if you don't want to. Just confess your sins to him and tell him you're sorry. He's always ready to give us an, a new start. You know, I'm thankful for a second chance. Hey, I'm thankful for a third and fourth chance. I'm thankful that the Lord offers another opportunity to follow him. Following Jesus is not easy. Oh, you can swindle around here and swindle around there, but sooner or later... You know, we're going to be caught up with. So it's so important if we're going to follow him, you know, to stay with it. Well, we'll look lastly here at, at uh, Matthew's life after he met Jesus. And first thing we think about is his joy. You know, he had a lot of joy, but that kind of joy just didn't last. As we see, he went from one thing to the other. And then he comes to meeting Jesus and we see joy in his life. Matthew threw a party. <laughs> Soon as Jesus called him. He threw a big party. Guess who he invited? <laughs> Tax collectors of all people. Well, that was his friends. He'd done seen the light, so he says, hey, 
Won't y'all come to the house, man? Jesus is going to be there. And you know if he took me in, he's going to take you in. Just come, man. We'll have plenty of food, plenty of stuff to drink, and you can meet this man like I have. Well, that didn't suit the Pharisees, man. They got things stirred up. What kind of man is you following here? I mean, he's eating with tax collectors and sinners? Well, you know, when Jesus does it, he does it right. Regardless of what the world might say or what the world might think, it's important. When we get right with the Lord, we need to go after our friends that aren't right. There's not a one of us in here that don't have a friend who's not living for the Lord, but they see us. Okay, we're the, we're the example for them. We're the ones that, that they could follow and, and get to know who we know. So Matthew, he was enjoying himself. Um, this story also is not only there um, in Luke, but over in Matthew chapter 9, verse 10 and following, it talks about how he felt when he invited uh, these, these tax collectors and these sinners to his house. You know, the people who live on the road, you drive down the road, a lot of times you see a lot of cars in the yard, and we form opinions, okay? We might say, oh, there must be a death there. Or there must be some birthday party. <laughs> or maybe they're doing drugs. You know, we, we have an opinion. And we see a lot of cars in the yard. Well, I don't know what these guys rode. Maybe they just walked to get there, but nevertheless, they went. You see, when we are saved, um, we rejoice when others are saved. Because our sins, we know, are buried under the blood of Jesus. Now, you know, we can't go back and get them, but the devil said, hey, you remember what you used to be? I'm satisfied. The devil said, Matthew, you're crazy, son. Levi, you, you're crazy. Inviting all these people in, you know what you are. Well, he knew what he was, and now he knows what he is, so we have to just simply tell the devil, hey, get out of here. I'm following the Lord. I'm going to continue to follow the Lord, and so if you don't like it, you don't have to stay. Now, sometimes, you know, uh, being saved does not mean that we're always happy. Don't let us paint a pretty picture because, hey, as soon as we get saved, as soon as we get right with the Lord, we're going to have enemies. The devil's going to see to it. In fact, he's going to be worse on us than he was before. You know, Matthew and Levi, he's going along having a good time doing all the things he's doing, and the devil's happy with him. But when he turns to the Lord and invites other sinners in, the devil gets upset. Here we are through people. And they go to questioning. They go to question Jesus because all the whole time through the Gospels, it's always trying to hem up Jesus and to accuse him of something. So that's what's done. What the disciples, hey, I see your, <clears throat> your leader is eating with tax collectors and sinners. What kind of leader is this? And that's where he said, hey, those of you who are well, you don't need me. Those who are sick, sin sick. They're the ones that need me. And so, you know, Levi, as Jesus changed his name to Matthew, um, we not only see joy here, but we see him begin to share. 
You see, the next best, best thing to being saved is to, is to share Jesus and have somebody else be saved as a result of what you have done. You know, sometimes people are sitting back waiting on somebody to get saved or to make a move so they can. I know such a situation. It's in our church right now. They're waiting. You see, what we don't realize sometimes, we may be hindering somebody from being saved. We may be hindering somebody just from, from joining our church. We may be hindering somebody from just, you know, coming to the altar uh, for prayer. So we need to be careful how we, as we share this life. Well, uh, Matthew, he was happy, he was joyous as he began to share. And then it takes on a meaning. The final word which describes a life after accepting Jesus is meaning or purpose. We have a purpose, y'all. We have a purpose of being here even tonight. We'll have a purpose of being wherever we are tomorrow. We'll have a purpose. And if you haven't found that purpose, you need to find the purpose for being who you are and where you are. You see, it's not just a job. You know, everywhere I have, let me make sure, about everywhere I have ever worked, there were Christian people there. About everywhere I've ever worked, there was also lost people that needed to be saved. And as I said, as you see here this many times, we may be the only Bible people read. So ask the question, what are they reading the best thing we can do is to serve the Lord. I want to share this verse of Scripture if you're right. Hebrews 6.10, listen to what he says. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have showed toward his name, in that ye have ministered to the saints and you continue to minister. You see, ministering to people is what it's all about in doing what's right in the name of Jesus and loving God. Let me tell you something. I'm glad that Matthew um, met Jesus, aren't you? I'm glad. I'm glad we have a book that's named after him. I I'm sure glad uh, that I have God, a God who loves me. I'm glad I have a Savior who died for me. And I'm glad that I have the Holy Spirit who guides me. It's amazing what God will do if we're just willing. And I've been one of those people. Hey, just going, going, doing, trying to be happy and trying everything and getting this and getting that. But nothing satisfies like having the Lord as your Savior. Nothing satisfies like obeying the Lord and obeying his word every day. Just being a good follower of Jesus Christ makes all the difference in the world. But it don't mean we won't have troubles, problems, trials, tribulations. We're going to have them. But if we're here, we stick together, okay? Sticking together, we can make it happen. Sticking together, we can win others to Jesus. Because I love it when somebody says, you know, old so-and-so came by and visited me, and they invited me to church too. They shared Jesus with me just like you. Same story. Hey, it gives meaning to what we're doing. So let's stick together. And be all we can be for Jesus. Father, thank you for the evening. Thank you for those who've chosen to come this way tonight. Bless our youth tonight that are meeting with Mac and Sandra. Lord, bless them in a mighty way. They're, 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 they're our church of tomorrow. And Lord, I thank you for Mac and Sandra for the way they're leading. And Lord, this has been a high day. 
God, we thank you and praise you for Mark, who has led us tremendously in music, for our great choir and for our soloists, all those who have participated today. Lord, I pray that you'd bless their lives and, and bless the work that they'll be doing this week. And Father, I pray for any men who will help us work out here this week. Lord, you're in control. It's your house and it's your weather. So we ask your will to be done and bless as only you can in Jesus' name. Amen.